All right, we are live. Welcome everyone to another edition of our weekly Wednesday uh, event where I have the fortunate opportunity to interview some of the best agents around the country. However, before we begin, um, I have a quick message for my audience. If you're tired of renting in the Bay Area, are a homeowner looking to do a trade up for potentially a bigger home or are a real estate investor, I would love to connect. Click on the Calendly link and let's set up a time to talk. It's never too early to talk about options and work on a game plan. However, let's go ahead and get started. Today, I'm delighted to have Jamie Flanagan out of Omaha or Lincoln, Nebraska. Jamie, I look forward to hear your story. Can you share a little bit about yourself? What did you do actually before you got into real estate and how long have you been in real estate for now? Gosh, so it was um, 2008, I got into the business, um, started taking my classes. And before that, I was an esthetician. I did skincare. I had a um, certificate in business entrepreneurship. So I owned a salon for a little while. And it was kind of a whirlwind, crazy thing. But my dad had pushed me a little bit into real estate. And my husband does mortgages. So 2009, he got back into the mortgage industry. And I joined him doing real estate. So it's been a wild ride. Weird to be able to say I've been in this business that long. That's awesome. <laughs> was your was your dad in real estate? Like, why didn't no, he call you to go? I always thought I'd be good at it. Awesome, very very good. And then your husband, um, because mortgage definitely took a a bigger. I would say even a bigger tumble per se. I mean, they both took a big tumble, but mortgage got really impacted. Like, yeah. What was his thought process of? I know I know a lot of mortgage lenders at that time just left the business for good. Yeah, but what, so, what got him like able to, to get back in? So him and I met in Las Vegas and we moved to Omaha, Nebraska, and it was kind of uh, accidental um, getting back into the business, I would say. Um, he worked, he was basically looking for work when we moved here and started with a, one of the local companies here, had some mortgage background experience and started his business completely fresh um, in the Omaha area. So he's from Chicago originally and I'm from Minneapolis, so both from bigger cities and Omaha, um, yeah, kind of brought this whole business to us together. Awesome. How did you guys choose Omaha of all places? My family's from here. So I was raised in Minnesota, but then my parents moved back to um, Nebraska to be closer to their families. And then when I had my daughter, we moved back to, we moved to, to Nebraska to be closer to the family. Nice. And so you've been in the business for 11 years. Um, what is your current setup? Do you have a team? Are you solo? And if you don't mind, I'd love to hear your production levels of last year or maybe how things are going this year. That'd be great. Yeah. Yep. So we've been, um, I've always had it as a mission to kind of double my business. And we've been pretty good at doing that. We're getting to a level now where it's, it's harder to just double it. Um, our team is about, we've got I've one buyer's agent on my team. And then I've got a full-time assistant. So um, between the three of us, we will be on track to do about $25 million for our for our year. It's a lot harder. We don't have the uh, million-dollar sales like you guys do out there. <laughs> yeah, that, that's incredible. This is about 100 houses. <laughs> yeah, no, it's incredible. I actually find it way more uh, amazing, right, for people in different areas because of just the sheer volume they have to do. Yes. And so what is the average price point in Oma? Like what's, what's the average? And also what's, if you can share, like what's the cheapest you did last year and what's the most expensive you did last year? Just give people an idea of the range. 
Oh, this is this is a good one. <laughs> Last year we had our lowest sale price ever. Um, guy and my team sold a lot in Plattsmith, and I think it was I think we sold it for like seven thousand um, dollars. Okay. Before that, my my lowest price was probably around eighty eighty thousand. Um, and highest sale price last year, I believe, was uh, seven eighty five. Nice. And what so is, is the range? What is the average? Like, well, it is the average. Two twenty five is is about the average here. Got it. And then, in terms of the types of properties, is it mostly single family? Is it? Is there a lot of condos and townhomes? Like, what's the makeup? No, it's definitely more single family homes here. Um, there are some condos. There, condos and townhouses are actually getting a little bit more popular. I think with the draw, we've got like Google and Facebook, um, and some of those companies coming in, which has drawn the clientele that wants the maintenance done for them um, a little bit. You know they working more than, or having two, you know, um, both people working in the house. So we've seen a spike in those lately for sure. Interesting. Are they in certain areas, like maybe more downtown areas? Is that what they're being built? Yep. So we have, um, we've got a lot in like the midtown area, which is basically like our, it's a little bit out of downtown. We have a lot, we have a handful downtown, but I'd say like midtown is our, our high condo area. Interesting. And what do those prices go for? It depends. There's buildings that are, there's one that's a little bit older and those they, you can get a unit in there for a hundred to 150,000. And then you've got ones right on the other side, um, within a block or two, um, that are 300,000 plus. So, wow. and then you've got like the height, the, you know, I don't even, it's probably up to a million dollars down there on some of them. For condos. Mm-hmm. A million you know, the penthouse. Yeah. Oh, really? Wow. That's incredible. Well, you mentioned about an interesting part about Google and Facebook being there. Do you know what kind of jobs are there in, and where are their offices? Are they in like a downtown midtown or are they mm -mm. suburbia somewhere? They're a little, so Facebook, um, is actually on the South side in one of the suburbs. And, um, so that's new construction is big. So along the 370 corridor, um, we've got a lot of new construction and here, it's really affordable to build a brand new house. So you're looking at 300 to 400,000 for a brand new house with about 2,500 square feet. So a lot of people opt to build versus buying existing just because the market here is really, really active. So mm -hmm. right now there's multiple offers on just about everything, probably under 250,000. So when you just stretch your budget a little bit up, get to that 325 price point, you can build a brand new house. How, yeah. What is the the market right now? Like how long does it typically, like if you sell a house, what's, what's your conversation with the seller of how long it may, it may take to sell if it's usually, priced fair? If it's priced right, I usually tell them if we put it on the market Wednesday, we have showings all weekend. I should be reviewing offers with you Sunday night. Wow. So everything's one week if it's priced fair and it's good condition. Yeah. And it depends on the price point. Once you get up to the higher price points um, and here are higher price points, you know, 400 and up. It, de it really depends on the house and the area because you still have bidding wars if the location and the price is right, even at, I mean, we were in a multiple offer situation on a $1.3 million house just a couple months ago, which is really high for our area. Right. Wow. Okay. Interesting. Is, um, are there people in, like, is it, is it difficult for you? Because generally new construction, they have their own agents per se. People may go direct to them. Do you find a lot of opportunities for you to be able to represent them? Or do you feel that that is some sort of competition with what you do? Definitely the builders here do have their, their agent relationships already. So it's more so I'm on the buy side. I did wrap a builder for about 
two and a half years. Um, so a lot of my clientele was built through that too. Um, and so with that, you know, I've learned you, you develop builder relationships. So now it's kind of nice cause I can sell any, any builder's house. Um, and I do like being on the buy side with the building. Um, it's fun for me. I really enjoy like helping the client pick out the finishes and talking to them about what to do during the build process versus what to wait until you live in the house and all of those different things. Are there any interesting design trends that are happening that you see from a new construction, like maybe like an in-law unit on the downstairs or, or is there any sort of these kind of changes that you've seen over the last 10 years from how construction is being built? Yeah, you know, I think one of the hardest things is we're trying to hit a price point. So I noticed, you know, you've got, it, you know, some of my clients will comment, like, I can't believe they put vinyl composite floors, which is a big thing here. I don't know if it's a big thing for you guys. Um, but it's in almost every new construction home is that vinyl composite versus the real wood floors. Um, mm -hmm. So those are, you know, just the stuff that can save money to keep the cost down, but then still make the house pop and you know, that's, it's managing those expectations for sure. Interesting. Well, what would you say is your, the percent of, um, people that are local buying versus investors these days? And have you seen an, an, an uptick from the investor community, like from the coasts? Yeah. I mean, we, we buy leads through like Zillow and stuff, like a lot of agents do. Um, and we're, we're working away from that right now, but a lot of that, a lot of those clients are from out of the state. Um, I do find that it, lots of people have kids that come to college here. So you've oh. got, um, a handful of people from the East and West coast that end up, you know, they look at the dorms and they look at the rental rental market and our, our rental market is really high. So you can definitely buy a home and then you know, that person can get one roommate and make a little bit of money versus having to pay, you know, rent. So that's been a really hot thing. I mean, we're working with probably four or five people in that situation right now, just finding a house before the the fall school year comes up. How are how are people feeling about that right now? Because I know at least locally in the Bay Area schools, it's still kind of an unknown whether they mm -hmm. actually go back to school. Like, is it for certain that people are going back to campus in fall? Or how, how do people feel about that right now? Yeah, they're starting school here two weeks early with the plan of if there's a possible second wave, then they can call school out for two weeks and still be on track is my understanding of it. Interesting. Okay. So they're just, they're actually kind of expecting or planning that there may be another shutdown. So they might as well just get things going yeah. earlier, yeah. a shorter summer. Yeah. It's kind of weird because we start school here early as it is. And now it'll be like August 2nd, I believe is what they're planning on for the colleges. And it's normally around August 8th or 15th. Got it. Okay. So another question I have is related to um, maybe the most p famous person in Omaha, Mr. Buffett. Yeah. Like, like how, did, <laughs> how is, um, what is that like? I mean, on one end, he's clearly a global icon, but do you ever see him around? <laughs> within, no, I've never seen him. <laughs> yeah, but... what, what is like, how is that? Especially, I know this year they, they didn't have it, but every year they would have their, uh, their shareholder conference. Yes. So, so what is that like too, where it's a much smaller town, but I'm it's sure during cool. that week, it goes pretty crazy. It is crazy. So we actually, a lot of people will Airbnb their homes here. So the Airbnb market here is surprisingly does pretty well. Um, a lot of people are like, why do people even go to Omaha? But we do have, we have Berkshire Hathaway days, and then we've got the college world series. 
And then we have a lot of travel nurses and stuff that come here. So, but yes, during Berkshire Hathaway, we like, we've got a couple rental properties that will Airbnb and I've got several other agent friends that Airbnb their homes. And it's, it's, it's fun. Um, people schedule, you know, out of ways and it's definitely a different vibe for our entire city than we're used to because we are like, we're, you know, we're like a little big town. We, we do have a, a pretty large city, but it's, still feel small and you can still go like when we go out to dinner, we're almost always running into somebody we know. Um, so yeah, it brings in, I don't, I don't know the exact amount of people, but right. it's like, I feel like it doubles the city. <laughs> can you share those Airbnb figures? Like, because it's such a, I mean, the, the town clearly won't have the infrastructure to do this every week. So there must be this huge demand. Like how much, how much are you actually making or, or how much are you charging for Airbnb relative to any other day? Like what kind of premium are we seeing? Well, I would say like we used to have a property that was right down in the heart of um, like minutes from where they host it. And so that property, you know, would get like $75 a night on a regular and we were getting about 200. So it's not like crazy, but d probably double. Mm -hmm. for during that time and when you have amenities because of the clientele it's bringing in like we had um one of our properties has a pool and that, i mean that's not a overly common thing in omaha but um that would always be a pretty and they, people it's weird they don't end up using the pool but i think just right. having the like come back to and chill and hang out was kind of the draw to it how interesting okay got mm -hmm. it cool and um Related to for investors, because most of most of the people in my network, they're you know they're in the Bay Area or they're on the coast, and so they may buy a property or two properties. But maybe talk about it from an investor perspective, like, um, can you share what are people typically buying for your investor clients? Like, what kind of properties? Maybe yeah. where where as well? I mean, relative to Omaha, yep. and then also what kind of rental figures can you they expect from that uh, purchase versus a purchase amount? Yeah, depending on like how involved or uninvolved they want to be is obviously going to be a huge dependent factor. But um, I find a lot of people are buying single family homes here because you can get in. You could find a house like in the Benson area. That's a really popular rental market right now, um, like 60th and Maple. And those rent for, you know, 1200 to 1350 probably. And you can get you can get in there for around 125 and up. So they do up to 200,000 right. there. But you can definitely from a. a cash perspective that's a great opportunity and then our multifamily here is just phenomenal you can get um like per unit you can get anywhere from about fifty thousand up to eighty five thousand per unit so what you guys are paying for one house you can get you know 23 units out <laughs> here and actually you know cash flow really well like six to eight percent cap rate um and then there's always there's almost always room for um rental increases and i'm big into investing so um, this is a huge thing for me. I, I sit down and my husband makes the spreadsheets and I go in and I analyze them and I look at the market rate and rentals and how we can increase the rent. So for our out-of-state buyers, um, for example, we help with all of that. Here's what the rent is now, 650. We know that it could go up to 825. Um, we'll help you, you know, do the whole process of turning it over. And it's, it really ends up being a really good thing for, you know, the out-of-state buyers. And We've got a lot of local investors here too, but I, what I have found with the multifamily is they do not sell as quickly to the in-state buyers. Right. Yeah. More conservative, I think. They're just basically changing hands from mm -hmm. other out-of-state investors, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of times. Do you guys have a property management arm as well? 
We do not. So I, I manage our properties. And then for the clients that we work with, I do the initial getting it rented out. So if they purchase a property with us, I will advertise it and we use a software system that pushes it out to all the different um, websites. And then I manage getting the initial tenant in there, but we don't actually manage the property for them, but we have all the vendors that they can get in contact with. We've got a software that they can set up rent payments through. So um, we basically handhold them without property managing. Nice. Okay. Uh, very nice. And how is the market currently? Uh, it sounds like from the, the the initial part, like it seems seems like things are pretty intense still. Like, is it here in the Bay Area? Which is interesting. And I saw the stat across the board. Like the the, the demand for housing is higher than pre coronavirus level highs, which yeah. is really fascinating. So, like, are you experiencing that yourself? And and any ideas or guesses as to why? it's happening the way that it is happening? We've noticed inventory is low. So I think less people put their house on the market, but then with interest rates being so low, we've got more buyers that are ready to make the jump into um, home ownership. So for example, we went and looked at a property or we put an offer in on the property um, Saturday and they ended up with 25 offers. And our offer was 15,000 on a $155,000 house. Our offer was 15,000 over and we were outbid. So, you know, you go 10% over, it's pretty, it's a pretty solid offer and they still got something better. Wow. And do you expect that to keep, does it seem like this is going to keep happening or what are your thoughts? Well, it's been, I mean, for the last couple of years, we've had a couple down months, but overall our market has been really strong for the last few years and we've seen multiple offers almost every spring. Um, so it's, it's interesting. I keep, you know, you watch and you're, you're cautious because you want to make sure that your have your client's best interest in mind and yet appreciation is going crazy. Um, you know, houses that I sold a couple of years ago, they have plenty of equity to, to, to sell even a year ago to sell and, and be able to upgrade their home. What were the, um, percentage gains? Do you have that number by chance in terms of like what it was versus last year versus the previous year? Like what kind of, I mean, if you're it's losing on three a three to 5% every year. So it seems like it's much harder probably now though i mean if if, yeah. someone, if you're losing on a 10 percent you know bid, yeah it's appraisal now that we're battling it's almost the people who are willing right. to pay over appraised value is the ones that you know so if they have the cash to pay over appraised value and um i'm always an advocate of hey let's find one that needs carpet and paint <laughs> instead of paying 30 grand over but oh, um, right. to each their own and so um it's there is there's huge opportunities out there as far as a seller goes if you list your house right now because our this is kind of a interesting, like we combined Omaha and Lincoln MLS recently. So we used to okay. be two separate MLSs and we've combined in this, the amount of inventory that we have on the market now between both is what Omaha is used to having in a, in a low inventory market. So we've almost like oh, double. Wow. Yeah. So it's, it is really low. <laughs> wow. And what is the decision of why would people live in Omaha? What's, why would people live in Lincoln? Like what's, what's so the is like the our, is the bigger city. Um, okay. And so, but then you've got the college, Lincoln is a big college town. So um, the University of uh, Nebraska at Lincoln, it draws a lot of people to Lincoln. Oh, wow. And what's the, what's the distance? Like how long does it take to get from one to the other? About 45 minutes. Is and there's there people who commute like one, you know, couples, one will live in, one will work in Omaha, one will work in Lincoln and they'll, one of, one of them will commute. Are there any cities or anything in between? Mm, there is, they're smaller. There is a couple cities in between. 
Does anybody live in those cities? Often? Uh, I'll be, I've sold maybe a couple houses in between <laughs> and it's on Is the it, lake. There's a lake in between. There's a couple lake, lake areas um, in Ashland okay. and that's where I've worked um, primarily without, without the city area. <laughs> Interesting. Is there is there much construction in that corridor then, or that's not yet? Just not yet. That's too I think, far out. I think someday Lincoln and Omaha will be one, but it's we're Omaha is really growing a lot north. So like we've got a Bennington is a lot of new construction. Um, Sarpy County is like the south side, and um, they have to do some things to their sewer infrastructure in order to keep growing. So I could see the the change where between Lincoln and Omaha does become a quicker growth than we expected, maybe, but. It's crazy out here. It's like my dad will joke. Like when I was little, you know, Dodge Street didn't go past whatever it was, 144th. And now it's like where, you know, it goes way, way out and it's flourishing. And I lived in Elkhorn, which is pretty far west. And it was almost like, you know, unknown territory to, to people back when my dad was younger. Interesting. And Omaha is the, uh, I mean, is there a domestic airport at Lincoln or everybody has to go through Omaha from most uh... people go through Omaha. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Okay. And so let's talk about a little bit about the business wise. I mean, it's, I, I always find it incredible for people to have such tremendous numbers, but also volume. Um, and so, and it, it's, you're, you, it seems like you're still fairly lean to be able to do the amount that you do. So like if you've done 25 million and your average is like two let's say 250 it's about 100 a year mm -hmm. like what tools are you using are the like what systems do you have in place because that's i mean that's basically what that's like eight eight a month in, in, in basically yeah, it's in about right, we try and do four buyers yeah. and four sellers is um, which is really like what that's yep. a lot of that's a lot of paperwork and a lot to it coordinate. is a lot of paperwork <laughs> thank you trisha <laughs> um, like how, do, how do you organize it and um yeah what what tools do you use so I use a system called Realvolve, which my coach introduced me to. And um, thank you, Krista Mayshore. <laughs> um, she she uses Realvolve. And so that has a lot of templates in there. So when you start a workflow, um, it'll automatically send out like their um, utility, um, e reminder email, things like your inspection email. Here's our home inspectors that we use. And, you know, let it respond to this email and let us know which one you'd like to work with. And we'll set that up. So it's a lot of setting up the templates up up front, which was a lot of work. We did that last year and kind of hindered us while we were setting up. But now it's been um, an, a phenomenal tool for our for our company. How do you spell that? Like it's R E A L V O L V E. Okay, real so like real, almost like real evolve. Yes. Interesting. Okay, got yeah. it. And do you use any other tools? Like that's, I mean, that clearly will save you time from an automation perspective. Is there anything yeah, else Yeah, KV Core. So I use Zapier. Yeah. So when when oh, we yeah. get a call from Zillow, Zapier puts it into KV Core. Um, so we do a lot of the little techie. We try to do a lot of little techie things <laughs> that help just simplify the process. Um, so KV Core has been, a, I, and obviously you're with EXP too, but been a huge thing as far as just... Um, allowing the, the process, like we can put a seller on their campaign for their home within that system and they get automatic emails, which removes us having, you know, we still go in and update them, but it also is just an extra um, layer to, to be in communication with the client essentially. Nice. And you mentioned that you do Zillow ads or the Zillow program right now, like what percent are you getting from Zillow and what are you getting from just referrals? Like how, how are you generating business? 
but you also made the comment that you're looking to go away from it. So I'm curious to hear why that is too. Yeah, I think Zillow, um, we've just with KV Core and the referrals, it's like if we just stick with more of that side of the business, we don't necessarily need to do the, the Zillow. I like Zillow being a premier agent from a marketing standpoint for my clients. So we'll always have a little bit of our foot into um, Zillow for sure. But from a, you know, the purchasing leads. And I'm so thankful because a lot of my clients have come from Zillow. So I couldn't, you know, I'm happy to have have had that opportunity too. And now the people that I've met through Zillow are referring us clients. So really, we're just replacing, you know, we're, we're implementing the things that we can take care of our clients better versus spending that money on Zillow. Nice. And how are you keeping in touch with your clients? Like, what are what are the ways that you're doing it? Are you calling them like text, email? Do you have like are events even allowed right now? Um, we usually do a client appreciation party every year. They we I don't really know the the exact rules on that right now as they are changing weekly. I feel like um, but we do a client appreciation party. I I don't know. I'm probably a little bit too up close and personal with my clients, <laughs> um, okay. but we you know we do happy hours and I'm always up in their business so. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Like, nice. <laughs> <laughs> like, so you, you, you used to do, I mean, I don't think you do it right now. Right. I mean, cause everything is probably locked down, but you used to do like, do you do happy hours with all of your clients? I mean, you have, I mean, if you're getting a hundred clients a year. It's a, that- yeah, no, it, it definitely, um, <laughs> we are implementing now. We're going to try and do a monthly happy hour with everyone from that. We closed with the previous month. Um, as oh, well as cool. we have a lot of out of town buyers. So we are going to try and incorporate almost like a get to know each other. Um, event so that and we really are like we're super family I've, I've got two kids and so what we've got you know some property that we we every year we get a band or a dj i should say um and he comes out and we've got the pool and so it's really neat because we just have we invite all of our clients we do it from about noon to eight and it's almost like the, everyone with the young kids comes right away they say hi and then the people with a little bit older kids come and they use the pool you know and then at the end of the night it's kind of the party animals left over and we just, you know, we maximize that day and <laughs> have a good time. Wow, that is awesome. Very cool. Very cool. Um, let me see if there's anything else that I'd love to ask. Um, yeah, I mean, I, my last question would be, how do you how do you see the business evolving? What I mean, because during when the shelter first took place, it, it was, I mean, it was scary for everybody because we literally couldn't leave our house. And I'm sure right. a lot of transactions actually had stopped altogether initially. Mm-hmm. And then things opened up and things are now really crazy and intense. But were there any things that you did over the last few months that are now going to be as that you didn't do before that will now be part of your regular routine? Is there anything like that learned? Yep. So we did um, Matterport and 360 tours is something that we've always kind of had, you know, as a luxury, you know, you have a luxury home or you're, you know, that this home is going to be more marketable to out of town buyers. So you want to have the Matterport tour which now is just on every home we're doing a Matterport tour as part of it. And then the 360 tours has been really neat too. I'm still learning that, but um, it's kind of funny. I don't know if you guys have ever played with Oculus, the headsets, the the 3D headsets. And so I started looking into that a little more and I just think it would be really neat if I think that's where real estate will go eventually is you go into somebody's office and um, I know there's some teams out there that are already doing it, but you can obviously you can only look at the house if they've gotten the tour done. So I can right. see it eventually going to almost where it's like professional photography and 
pretty much every house has it done. Um, and then you just be, sit in the office and look at all the houses and then go in person um, to the ones that you, you really want to see. Interesting. Do any of your investors buy sight unseen or do they all still end up flying? Well, you know? no, I do a lot of faith. I mean, we've had, I've sold quite a few houses without them ever being in the property. Um, I think it's good to have like, I, I mean, I, I I don't put it past me to hop up in the attic and check on things. Like I'll look at the obvious stuff and kind of walk the foundation and um, make notes. Like if, you know, there's broken seals on windows or, or here's how much it's going to cost. And I do a pretty detailed analysis. So hopefully that, you know, the investor has a really good solid idea of, okay, if we buy this house in Omaha, I know that for $5,000, I can get it done and I've got contractor contact. So I can go meet them at the house and let them in. Um, so really, yeah, it's, it is, there's a lot of sight and scene. Interesting. Very I cool. I don't think all agents do that. I just, I mean, we, do, we do it a lot and we do have a military base here too. So that's another sight and scene situation a lot is when, um, they're being stationed here in Omaha or in Bellevue. Oh, interesting. Okay. So that like, what percent is from military that you work with or is it not? Um, I don't work a lot with, I, um, I've got a couple of people on my that have been on my team that have done a lot of military. I'm really far from the base where I live, okay. so I don't do as much um, of the military relocation. My husband's a veteran though, so he does a ton of um, loans for military. So it's it's just not where my market is. I, I don't see it as much, but we definitely have um, a huge, like on the south side of town, we've got a lot of military. Awesome. Well, very good. Well, thank you so much for all the yeah. insights about the area. It's been very helpful. What are how how can people get a hold of you if they want to learn more or they they may be interested in investing? Like, what's the best way to connect with you? Yeah, text is great. Email. So my phone number is 402-980-7972. Um, and again, we work with referrals all over the country. So um, you as an agent, we'd love to work with anyone that you've got out there. And um, I can share all like my analyzing tools and everything. And then um, my website is bigpicturerealestategroup.com. No, that's awesome. I think just especially for investors, even more so coming from the Bay Area, they, they are much more numbers driven. Yeah. And so, so the aspect that you already have that set up, but you also have the resources um, to be able to help them with with some of the either minor touch up work um, yeah. and even finding a tenant. I think yes. that's that's incredible. So it's kudos to you to be able to have like that infrastructure set up because for us, that's 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 very critical and not not every agent will have that set up. Yeah. Yep. We usually have them rented within, we, some, we usually have them rented before they close. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Man, that is, got that, a is wait list. that is incredible. <laughs> it's really incredible. That is really incredible. Well, thank you so much for yeah, sharing your insights. Thank you so much, Spencer. Yeah. It was great talking with you. Wonderful. Well, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. If there's any questions, feel free to let me know anytime. See you at the next one. Bye now. Thank you so much for making it to the very end of my podcast. If you are tired of renting in the Bay Area, are a homeowner looking to do a trade-up for a bigger home, or are a real estate investor, I would love to connect. Click on the Calendly link and let's set up a time to talk. It's never too early to talk about options and to work out a game plan. I also do have an email newsletter, so sign up on the link in the show notes, or you're welcome to watch all of my content on YouTube. See you at the next one. Bye now.